Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We are in our Navigating Modern Christianity series, and this week we're going to be talking about postmodern Christianity, what it is and how we can recognize it and what some of the dangers are in blending postmodern thought with Christianity, something we see commonly happening in the church today. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that our Ellerslie online program is open for a limited time. This is an amazing way to bring that powerful discipleship that we offer at Ellerslie into your own world, whether it's just for your own individual study or it is for a family discipleship or couples study or even small groups study. And you can join this program for a donation of any amount. So it's just a great way to bring powerful truth into your everyday life. Once you register for the program, every day you'll receive video teaching of about 15 to 30 minutes so you can easily fit it into your daily life. And there are loads of really amazing bonuses as well. So go to ellerslie.com and click on Ellerslie online to learn more about that or just click the link in this podcast description. Again, it's only available for a limited time. So I encourage you to check that out. Let's talk about how to be guarded against postmodern Christianity. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about recognizing subtle lies and becoming a watchful Christian. And one of the biggest areas I feel like we need to be watchful towards today is when we see postmodern thinking or postmodern ideas creeping into the church, into books, into music, and influencing or redirecting our understanding of who God is and what truth is. A lot of the subtle lies that are cleverly blended with truth that we talked about two episodes ago come from a postmodern mindset. We talked about the fact that error, when it comes into the church, doesn't usually have a really obvious neon sign that says this is a lie or this is error. A lot of times it is so cleverly and artistically blended with truth that we don't notice it and we subtly get off track in our pursuit of Christ or our understanding of biblical truth because we're not being watchful. A lot of times, though, when we see lies being blended cleverly with truth, it's a postmodern mentality that causes that. One of the best ways to explain postmodern thinking is mushy thinking. It's this idea that says nobody's really right, nobody's really wrong. We all just have equally valid emotions and ideas. And that can sound really good and really spiritual, and it's very popular to just listen to each other and dialogue about things and not really ever draw a clear line in the sand and say, this is truth, or this is right, or this is wrong. The problem is that we downplay and water down the truth when we have this everyone's opinion is equally valid idea. And unless we have, as Amy Carmichael said, a delicate regard for the word of God, we're soon going to end up building our own version of the gospel, which blends a little bit of truth with a bunch of human philosophy and ideas and opinions. And that's postmodern Christianity in a nutshell. So if you haven't noticed that mindset in the church, it's something that once you're aware of it, you might start noticing more and more because it's become more prevalent in the church over the past couple of decades and it's continuing to wreak havoc. Mushy Christian messages are very common. They're messages that imply that we can never really be certain about what the Bible means and that there's no really such thing as clear, absolute truth. If our feet don't remain planted firmly upon the solid rock of God's word, we're going to be very susceptible to embracing those erroneous ideas and becoming weighed down by doubt and 
confusion. There is so much doubt and confusion in the church today. So many people grappling with, can I trust God? Where is God? Why did he let me down? Why didn't he answer my prayer? Can I really trust the Bible? I'm so confused. These other religions or ideas seem to make more sense to me than Christianity. And that's that's very prevalent today. And that is really sponsored by mushy postmodern thinking. When we don't treat the word of God as a solid rock that is unchanging, that cannot be altered to fit human ideas or opinion. That's going to bring doubt and confusion. Mushy thinkers or postmodern thinkers will often say things like, none of us can really be sure about anything. We all have different feelings and ideas about truth. None of us is right. None of us is wrong. Mushy thinkers don't see God's word as solid rock upon which to stand. They view truth as sort of moldable and undefined. There was a movement about 10 to 15 years ago known as the emergent movement, which heavily promoted these ideas. Some of the most popular books in Christianity were emergent books, and they all basically said the same thing. Now, the emergent movement has sort of dissolved and waned, but a lot of the erroneous errors that they brought into the church have remained. And what's disturbing is how quickly those books and those messages did spread in their time. When they were at their peak, they were incredibly popular, and they sold so many copies, and so many young Christians, especially young Christians, were just falling for them. I remember being at an author banquet for one of our publishers, and Eric and I were there as authors, and every single guest speaker that they asked to speak at that event, there were three or four of them, were postmodern emergent Christian authors. And when they all got done sharing a whole bunch of their mushy ideas, everybody in that room rose to their feet to give them a standing ovation. Except for Eric and I, we didn't feel comfortable applauding those messages, which was really an awkward moment for us. But they were so popular, and that shows how susceptible modern Christians really are to believing lies as long as they are cleverly and artistically packaged with truth. A couple of episodes ago, when we talked about how to recognize subtle error or subtle lies, we talked about the bells and the whistles and the distraction of feeling like we always want something new and fresh and exciting and different when it comes to Christian material. And that is really what the appeal is with a lot of these postmodern messages, whether it's in the form of music or media or books. A lot of times what we're drawn to is just it feels new and fresh and exciting and different. And that is really a dangerous mindset when we try to veer away from that unchanging solid rock of God's word. Maybe there's nothing different or or unusual about the solid rock of God's word, something different than what we've grown up with, but yet it's God's unchanging truth, and it's the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. We shouldn't always be seeking after some new and different exciting experience, because if we do, we'll be very susceptible to falling into that mushy pattern of thinking towards truth. Postmodern Christian influencers are really skilled at promoting confusion and doubt under the banner of truth. That's why it is so tricky. I've oftentimes heard Christians describe it as when they try to articulate what is wrong with postmodern Christian messages, it's kind of like trying to nail jello to a wall because they don't just walk in a room and start blasting you with lies that are easy to recognize. They introduce their ideas using artistry and philosophical dialogues. And usually they have a very kind and humble and approachable attitude, which causes a lot of Christians to let their guard down and trust them. But their creatively packaged, mushy approach toward truth leads to a disturbing result. It causes us to question what God has said in his word. 
When postmodern Christians examine truths from God's word, like Jesus being the only way to salvation, they'll often pose thought-provoking questions like, did God really say that? Does God really mean that? Maybe we've been missing it all these years. Maybe our understanding of the Bible just needs to shift to be relevant to where our culture's at today. This practice of constantly questioning the certainty of God's word has just swept over Christianity in the past few decades, and it has influenced our books, our music, the messages coming from a lot of pulpits and even our daily lives. And even churches that don't really claim to be like emergent or postmodern often will accept the idea that questioning God's word is a wise and responsible way to grapple with the truth. And that's very dangerous. Just think about those phrases that the postmodern thinkers are constantly posing. Did God really say that? And does God really mean that? What it reminds me of is that scene from Genesis when Satan slithered up to Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's in Genesis 3.1. Or the question that says, did God really mean that? It kind of sounds like Satan again in that next verse when he told Eve in essence, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. That's not really what God meant. He didn't mean you'll surely die. What he actually meant was, and then he goes on to redefine what God meant. Satan convinced Eve to question God's unchanging nature and to wonder whether he really meant what he said. He deceived her with his subtlety. He didn't brashly tell her you should disobey God. It was through cunning and creativity that he stripped away that solid rock of truth beneath her feet and replaced it with this springy, moldable mushiness. And tragically, he's doing the same thing today through postmodern ideas that have crept into the church. And a lot of Christians are stumbling around in confusion and doubt and mushy thinking because we've been stopping to listen to the serpent's insipid questions and doubting whether God really meant what he said. Postmodern messages are very feelings-based. How do I feel about this rather than truth-based? What does God say about this? And because of that, we as women are especially prone to falling for them. Postmodern messages often appeal to our natural inclination toward love and mercy and acceptance using arguments like, do you think a loving God would actually send people to hell? Or do you think a merciful God would practice child abuse by sending his only son to die a brutal death for a crime he didn't even commit? commit. The enemy strategically targets us like he targeted Eve. And if we don't remain staunch in our position that the Bible means exactly what it says, we will fall for the same deception that she did. If we're going to replace doubt with certainty, we need to settle a critical truth in our heart once and for all. God's word is unchanging. The Bible is not supposed to morph and shift in order to fit with our constantly changing culture or our own preferences. The Bible is the solid rock that never altars. It wasn't just inspired by good men, but by the spirit of God. As it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, we are not supposed to question God's word. We are supposed to live by it. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if you hear a mushy approach towards God's word, if you hear those messages that cause you to question who God is or what he said, or if he really meant what the Bible says that he meant, be on guard. Instead of listening to voices that promote doubt and uncertainty, I would encourage you to fill your mind with truth that builds your faith in God and his unchanging word. 
read stories of the many great Christian heroes that we've talked about in other episodes on this podcast who saw God's promises fulfilled in their lives time and time again and spend time with faith-filled Christians who believe the Bible and testify to God's faithfulness in their lives. Ask God to make you like the wise man who built his house on the rock instead of the foolish man who built his house upon sand in Matthew 7. And then the winds and the waves of trials and difficulty that beat against your life will not shake you because you're going to be standing firmly on a foundation that cannot be moved. And you also won't be shaken when postmodern thinking tries to move you. Another huge key to being watchful against postmodern thinking is to exchange an open mind for a canon mind. We've done an episode on this quite a number of years ago, and as I was revisiting the notes, I thought, wow, this is something that we all need to be reminded of every single year because of how much mushy thinking is in the church today. It's this idea that it's more spiritual to be open-minded. If you're open-minded, it means you're willing to entertain other people's beliefs and thoughts and opinions or adopt them if your own, if they feel right to you. And not being open-minded puts you in the category of being closed-minded, stiff and stodgy, not to mention unloving and judgmental. Why would any of us want a label like that? But if we're going to have our feet firmly planted on the solid rock of Christ. We have to look to the truth of God's word as the lens through which we evaluate the validity of any human thought, idea, belief, or philosophy. Now, does that mean we're closed-minded, so we're never willing to hear other people's thoughts? We always have to be right. We hold our position in a prideful, arrogant way. Well, we talked about that last episode, the dangers of spiritual pride. It's not a matter of thinking our way is right and everybody else is wrong. We need to exchange an open mind, not for a closed mind, but for a canon mind. And canon means the 66 books of scripture. If you have a canon mind, it means you implicitly trust God's definition of reality. You are exclusively devoted to God's opinions and commands, and you are closed to all other thoughts, ideas, or philosophies that promote any other reality than his. A canon mind is built on the conviction that God's word is the perfect revelation of fact, and it cannot lie. It is 100% truth. So when you have a canon mind, you know that God intends his word to be comprehended, understood, and lived out. And he gives us the grace to do that. When you have a canon mind, you're not open to the thoughts or definitions of reality that are not 100% concurrent with the revelation of God's word. How do we develop a canon mind? As we've already discussed, it begins with the decision to take God's word as fact. If God said it and he cannot lie, then there is nothing more to argue. Once you've settled in your heart that scripture is truth and the Bible's message is reality, the next step is to know and love the word of God. Too many of us are susceptible to error because we are ignorant of what the Bible actually says. So set aside time every day to study and meditate on God's word. Learn how to explore scripture and delve deep into God's meaning behind every verse. As I've said before, use tools like inductive Bible study courses or websites like blueletterbible.org and there are many others that can help you learn how to dive deep into the meaning of everything you're reading in scripture. And of course, as I've said, so many times, I love listening to audio versions of the Bible because I'm able to listen to scripture all throughout the day. And it makes me a lot more clear on what the Bible says because I'm always being exposed to that truth. 
As you learn to make God's word the foundation of your life, then practice applying specific truths and promises to every situation you face. Memorize key verses that help you hit lies with truth. So for example, if you struggle with the temptation to hold on to offenses from other people, memorize a verse like love is not easily angered, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, or be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you, Ephesians 4, 32. Now the enabling power of God is what equips you to live out those commands, but you can't really live God's truth out if you don't know what it is. That's why we need to understand and know the word of God. No matter what your circumstances or struggles, you can always find an answer in the word of God. And I find that so comforting. As you fall in love with scripture and cultivate a canon mind, you're going to find yourself standing on a rock that can't be moved. And one thing that I will say is there are a lot of Christian books out there today that have interesting ideas. They might have a lot of truth in them, but like I said, if they don't 100% line up with the word of God, if they just present some truth as well as a lot of interesting ideas that are not necessarily biblical, we need to be very watchful of that. If you can't point back to a biblical principle, if an idea is being presented in a book or a message, then it's something to really be on guard against. And that is usually not something we as women want to hear because we like to just digest all of the new material that's coming down the pike in Christianity. And to be honest, most of the material that is coming out on the Christian scene is targeted toward women. I have been in so many Christian publisher meetings where they talk about their main demographic, their main buying audience are women between the ages of 25 and 55. And so they try to write books that will appeal to us in that age demographic. And unless we're standing on the the rock of God's word, we are going to be in danger of allowing watered down mushy truth into the church because we're not being watchful. And like I said in a previous episode, sadly, the material that is often being released through the Christian music and publishing industry is not first being vetted to make sure that it is in alignment with the word of God. A lot of times it's a money-driven decision on what is being published. So keep all of that in mind as you're seeking to cultivate that canon mind, that regard for the word of God. Another key to avoiding postmodern thinking is to put feelings in their place. Now, one of the most popular messages that we hear in our society and even really in the church is follow your heart. It sounds so good and right and honoring to the individual. The culture has conditioned us to place a very high value on our own feelings and our emotions. We're really encouraged to base both our major life decisions and our lifestyle choices on how we feel. If you don't know what to do, listen to your heart. Do what feels right to you. And that advice is permeating everything from love songs to commercials to children's movies. But God gives us very different directions when it comes to our own heart and emotions. He who trusts his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. The heart is deceitful above all things. Jeremiah 17, 9. So as attractive as that follow your heart message may seem, adopting this mindset can be really toxic to our spiritual lives. When we allow our emotions and whims to lead us, we become subservient to our feelings instead of to God's spirit and his word. Following our heart cultivates an attitude of selfishness rather than one of surrender. We can't be the bond servants of Christ if we are controlled by our feelings. When we're controlled by our feelings, we're going to be prone to picking and choosing truth, receiving the things that make us feel good and rejecting the things that don't. And when we accept only the parts of God's truth that appeal to us and dismiss 
miss all the rest, we can't receive the whole counsel of God, as it says in Acts 20, 27. And we end up with a distorted truth of our own making. And I believe that's why so many of our churches today promote a soft, flimsy gospel instead of a powerful, life-transforming one. And even those of us who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture have been conditioned to consult feelings first when grappled with truth. When we're deciding whether to believe God's promises or obey His commands, we often ask, how do I feel about this, rather than what does God say about this. And remember, God's truth is unchanging and he can't lie. Our emotions and personal experiences may not always line up with the commands and promises of the Bible, but does that make his word any less true? When we try to edit truth to mesh with our own preferences, our own emotions, we're placing our own opinions and thoughts higher than God's. Really, it doesn't matter how we feel about what God says, and it also doesn't matter what our past experience may state. If our feelings don't match up and line up with the word of God, then the fault is not with him. There's something off in our perspective. As it says in Romans 3, 4, let God be true, but every man a liar. If you've ever found yourself saying things like, well, but I prayed for such and such and God didn't come through for me, and now I know I just can't trust his promises, or the Bible talks about peace and joy and all I've ever experienced is heartache and despair, it's important to know that God cares about every one of our painful past experiences and every one of our current struggles. And we need to remember, though, that receiving his truth, not running away from it or rejecting it, is what leads to clarity and victory. The answers and the reasons why may not always be immediately clear, but if we learn to place his unchanging eternal truth far above our own feelings and experiences, we will begin to experience the freedom, the faith, and the heavenly perspective that we need. When we as Christians evaluate truth on the plane of emotion and experience instead of the solid rock of God's word, that's what leads to the postmodern, muddled, mushy thinking that is so common in the church today. But when the timeless word of God becomes our baseline for reasoning, we're going to find clarity and purpose and passion in knowing exactly what we believe and why. One story that I find so powerful is a story I heard from Voice of the Martyrs. It's a true story about a group of believers that were gathered for a secret Bible study in a persecuted nation, and police officers burst in and took over their meeting. They rounded up all the Christians, and one by one, they pointed a gun to each person's head, threatening to kill him or her unless that person spit on the Bible. So with heavy hearts, every member of the group took turns spitting on the cover of the Bible in order to preserve their lives. But one young girl, teenage girl, with tears streaming down her face, gently wiped off the Bible with a corner of her dress. She could not bear to show dishonor to the word of God. That's how highly she revered it. And a few seconds later, she lost her life. Throughout history, men and women have given up their lives to protect the purity of scripture. And in light of their astounding sacrifices, it's really heartbreaking to see how many of us in the Western world disregard and question the word of God. In this day and age where truth has fallen in the streets, as it says in Isaiah 59, 14, God is looking for courageous, set-apart Christians who are willing to wipe the spit from his precious word, no matter the cost. The question is, will you and I be counted among them? I hope this gives you some food for thought in being watchful against a postmodern mindset and reverencing the word of God. If you'd like to go deeper into living a set-apart life for Christ, I hope you'll visit us at setapart.org and look at the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.